Kaysan, and hello. Welcome to Nordic Insights, where I introduce you to high-achieving Nordics and Nordic-inspired people with niche expertise in business, lifestyle, education, innovation, tech, travel, and more. I'm your host, Satu Raunola, a Finn passionate about all things Nordic, as well as yoga, running, sustainability, well-being, and great coffee. Listen in for some tips on Nordic approaches to a happier and more holistic business and personal life. Join me to explore Nordic common sense and trends in this complex world. This podcast is delivered to you every Wednesday. We are going to talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is education in Finland. And today we especially talking about teaching in Finland. Finland has been recognized as one of the top performers in education in OECD countries since 2001. This has been measured by a so-called PISA assessment that measures 15-year-old students' reading, mathematics and science literacy every three years in over 80 countries. One of the key reasons in Finnish education success are teachers. Teachers in Finland are very highly educated and regarded. For example, getting into university to become a primary or secondary school teacher is very hard. Only about 10% of applicants are accepted to study teaching. It requires a master's degree as well as, very importantly, a right mindset to build relationships required in teaching. I have a great pleasure to talk today to a very special and highly awarded Finnish teacher, Marianne Juntunen. Marianne is 32 years old, STEM teacher based in Lapland. She has PhD in chemistry education, master's in chemistry and mathematics education, and master's in technical microbiology. Marianne has developed a practical guide to Finnish schools to help teachers to plan their teaching from the perspective of sustainable development and to integrate mathematics into their topics. This guide is now widely used in Finnish schools. Marianne is also a founder of EduGems, a company specializing in producing educational material and offering teachers in-service training about holistic and inquiry-based science education. She is also a mother of two little very cute boys and she loves outdoors. Welcome Marianne, it's great to have you here all the way from Lapland. Thank you, thank you for this opportunity, it's nice to be here. It's actually very magical midsummer time here in Finland, 24 hours sunlight per day and I'm looking forward to the celebrations. Oh, I'm so jealous, I miss home. <laughs> I was very impressed by your CV. It's very long and you are still very young. Can you tell about bit about your yourself? Yes, I was an ordinary student at school and then I wanted to somehow understand better how why do we are why are we learning all this stuff that why is it important if we don't connect it to any kind of meaningful issues. I was worried about our nature and some animals. So then I decided that I want to uh, apply to university where I can maybe create better methods for replacing animal experiments. That was chemistry and biochemistry, biology. And when I have studied like four years 
at the technical university, I noticed that I could also be a teacher, that somehow this laboratory environment was still a little bit too unsocial for me. And uh, I applied for the educational university. And then I did those both masters after all, that I wanted to have this technical understanding which university level engineers have and I was working within this kind of microbiology laboratories understanding technical environments but at the same time I was doing substitute teacher jobs at schools and somehow it felt that this was the direction where I wanted to go and uh, yeah master's thesis resulted to be doctoral thesis about how to teach a life cycle analysis of a product in chemistry at basic schools. Like in upper secondary school, eight, eight graders who are 14 years old in Finland, they, are, they should understand a life cycle of a product. But that time, like 10 years ago, it was mainly just a picture in the book, like a picture of a milk, tetra or somehow just to... It was so small amount of inf- information that I got frustrated and I thought that there's, there has to be a better way for teaching this complex, wicked, somehow, system thinking issue. What do you mean by life cycle of a product? So what, what does that actually mean? Yeah, that's anything we as consumers buy. It comes somewhere and it goes somewhere that's full of materials and chemicals and those are taken from the nature or from the ground somehow and that's when we use it the products we also cause things we consume things i mean we consume for example energy or we produce some pollutants materials and then also the end when the product is so rotten that you cannot even recycle it what happens to the materials where do they end up to air water ground so this whole life cycle from cradle to crave was so interesting i've learned that you can study it as your major at the university but now i my focus and passion was to implement it to all the schools better way and then i did the research about it for doctoral thesis and now it's at in our curriculum in national core curriculum 2014 which is the our new curriculum there this approach is presented now in much more complex way that every student must be able to describe the path of a product the life cycle of a product and somehow picture it that how how is it happening it's now available to all schools in finland yeah yeah it's compulsory part of teaching and then i've been also training all the many many teachers in finland to do this approach more effectively and I must say that I developed it together with the teachers. I didn't develop it myself, but I gathered teachers and we were developing together that how should this approach, life cycle thinking, be present in our curriculum. And they gave really good advice. And now and the book is free at the internet. We can share it. Most of the science teachers in Finland have this book. That's great. Now, can we go right in the beginning? Uh, you are from Helsinki and you were you were born in a very ordinary family in Helsinki, but you were a very busy, busy person when you were young. You had lots of hobbies, as I understand. Yeah, I've been always very active and 
I like doing a lot of things like many sport things, snowboarding, horse riding, picking berries, being in the nature. And also I always thought that if I get great, like okay grades, it's not really okay for me. I would like to have maybe 10 points and <laughs> the best grades. But then, yeah, then I just studied and studied. I studied like 15 years or something at the university and was working mean at the same time every year at different places at the industry and then at different schools and finally I decided that Lapland countryside is the best place to live and now I'm teaching there in a very small school where it's only like 60 students at whole school and we have still class like uh, nine classes so that means that the average they are like there are just like seven students at each class and it's really nice working with so small groups. Of course, there are also challenges that in small groups, students might not find a good friend and I don't have a fellow teacher, like a colleague, science teacher at all. But today, also internet helps us with these problems. Now, your values and your interest for science comes from your upbringing and your, you know, from your young age, you've been always focused on sustainability and nature and uh, animals have always been very important to you. When I was little, I was already worried about all the unfairness that's present in our daily lives. I saw some pictures from fur farms and how animals are treated in farming industry at slaughterhouses or something and I was so shocked and I thought that I must do everything all my life that this these kind of things would change and then I found the inner motivation also within teaching because you can really everything is so connected so if you start understanding the life cycles of products then you start understanding everything what's related to the product and that comes to ethics and I think that's how we should approach this approach science as a subject that it can help us to make the world better place. It should not produce just substances and all stuff, more stuff. We should use science just to make the world really better and ask the questions that do we really need like 100,000 different kind of chemicals which cannot be really assessed are they really safe for us and healthy for the ecosystems after all because they cannot be purified very well many of the substances at the water purification plant so then you kind of like after all the most of the substances still end up either you burn them or they end up to the water somehow So your focus is very holistic and, and focusing on a very, very sustainable teaching method. Yeah, the holistic was the first first word in my thesis. And all issues today are complex, wicked and holistic. If you take the holistic approach, you try to understand the different kind of dimensions related to, you name it, climate change, biodiversity loss, ocean acidification, land use change ozone, fresh water, scarcity, everything is bound together. And if you understand this kind of like how they are related, 
then you start to see things such as should we have one billion cats and dogs and 70 billion livestock here at the planet when they are consuming so much resources and polluting with their manure a lot our waters and then you start thinking that how do i relate to this problem that we have seven or eight billion people but we have 10 times more livestock including poultry and fish actually fish is not there i think so yeah it's just poultry pigs and cows yeah fishes even then more and you know we are very worried of how how do we purificate our our gray and black waters and how we uh, treat our trash but we are just like 10 percent of the whole population because we are responsible of having all these livestock here are you now meaning a western world Yeah, yeah, Western world, but we have like four billion people coming to middle class in whole world. So this kind of discussion that what is our responsibility as Western people? Can we somehow make the change? Because we cannot ask the developing countries to do the change first if we consume way too much everything. So we as a Western world, we should really take responsibility to get our act together to live more sustainable uh, way. Yeah, I think we should collaborate more and have common goals. Of course, it's very complex. It's not so easy to decide what do we want. But you can act at so many levels. And somehow I feel that the, it's already starting grassroots. And we we are just waiting the big societies such as states and Russia, China, Australia, stars also. Uh, great. So what what is your teaching style and what is your teaching focus and how do you get your students to to excited about all these holistic way of looking into into the world and thinking that how important if we live in sustainable life and look after nature and animals etc. So what how, what are the things that you focus on when you teach? Uh, I focus that the approaches are student centered i try to throw kind of seeds and i want i ask them that how do you want to study we have this kind of issues we could study how would you like to study do you want to do some project works or read or make some videos and then this kind of freedom to choose gives the students autonomy which creates inner motivation And I also use positive pedagogy, which means that we focus on strengths and positive achievements. We That doesn't mean that we don't speak about negative issues or challenging features. But however, the positive pedagogy is also, also a chosen approach I use. And then the students, they solve problems together and consider different kind of points of views, which means that they might have different kind of roles and we try to understand that there are different kind of points of view to these these problems but the scientific facts are still those which are kind of above everything that of course you are you can be worried about your own living like income and your own quality of life but you can also get better quality of life if you find ways and though, though this kind of problem-solving activities where they practice argumentation skills and inquiry. We, we do a lot of presentations and older students can um, 
teach younger students, we we might collaborate uh, across the ages. I try to engage the whole community. So if our students create something, some projects, then we want to present them for the whole community. We ask the, the parents and uh, their grandmothers, grandfathers to come to the school. We might go even to some communal parliament or somewhere and we try to be involved and also make the student participate more in decision making at all stages we ask them a lot of opinion about everything that's something to mention is this very typical Finnish teaching yes it is nowadays very typical at time when I was a child we mainly just did the exercises from books and teacher was it was very teacher-centered teaching that was 20-30 years ago but now it's changed a lot and um, in Finland it is compulsory that we have to have some multidisciplinary teaching modules every year where you combine subjects and you take holistic approaches to issues it's compulsory for every school in our curriculum and these kind of modules are not assessed with some grades they are just assessed with formative evaluation and self and peer evaluation but maybe one key point is that Finnish teachers are very free to plan their lessons we don't have any strict lesson plans and we can emphasize areas which we consider are the most important so the curriculum has so many transversal competencies present for example, sustainable development issues or some multi-literacy or other this kind of holistic literacies. So we can emphasize all the time, for example, sustainability. The freedom, what we have for planning together with the students, and we are able to do a lot of critical thinking also. We can, the students can criticize us. We don't have that much hierarchy We teachers and the students, we can critically look at politics. We can even organize demonstrations for climate or anything in our community. So this kind of freedom gives, it gives freedom to think and it encourages us to think. And these skills for thinking, thinking skills for life are also one key element in Finland. That sounds absolutely wonderful because... I've noticed that the, a lot of the young young generation actually today don't have it, and uh, you know, developing this kind of critical contemplation of prevailing norms is really um, important. So that sounds really good. Now, I want to talk to you about what what focus areas Finnish education ha- has, and why do you think it is so successful today? If you if you think about the whole global con- context. Highly educated teachers is one of the main things that all the teachers have master degree and many also doctoral degree. And then they have been practicing in schools during their studies. So they, they have been in school and some peer teachers have given them good advice. How, how can they improve their teaching? We have a trust-based society where the parents trust us a lot. So that means that The parents get, they let us to do our work. They trust on us and they speak positively mainly about teachers. So also 
they are not too heavily involved. But <laughs> this is maybe stupidly said because I always say that tell the parents that please come to my class. I want to cooperate with them. But they are it's kind of like positive cooperation and trust based society also means that the principals are not coming and telling us what to do. Instead we plan it together with the principals and the community. The education is free. All levels of school it's free. The universities are free and the daycare for kids is free. Before COVID-19, they were planning to extend our compulsory education path even longer. It could have become like four years longer and the state would have paid it for everybody. But now we will see how it will be. But we have nine-year school and then comes high school or vocational school and those might come compulsory as well. So at the moment, the, the education is compulsory for nine years. Yes, nine years, and then there is one year before, like the six-year-old kids start their pre-education. That's one year. Nine years plus one year. This was part one of my conversation with Dr. Marianne Juntunen. We will continue our chat on Friday. See you then. Bye.